Hello everyone, welcome back to Mesechus Yuvamus as we studied Daf Chav Zayin. As I uh, pointed out last time and to some of you in person on Shabbos, it's not an easy parak. We're trying to bring you the, some halacha lamasa points, but clearly uh, just going through the Gemara is not easy. But kalakavod for the efforts, lefum tzara agra, and you know there's a beautiful Taz. Taz says we're not allowed to learn even something that's difficult for us on Tisha B'av, because the end result of the learning will be great simcha, even if we don't get there. The whole process, as Rabbi Soloveitchik says, Torah is defined as a chefza of simcha. So there's a lot of simcha in Yevamos. I wanted to point out just uh, two things to give us some context, and then we'll jump into a, a very fascinating uh, question that is raised by one of the underrated uh, great poskim, the Chacham Tzvi, who's uh, typically identified with keeping one day of the Chag, but was a major, major posik of his time with great relevance today. But two issues that come up from the Gemara. First of all, in the case back to the Mishnah, and we have variations of it today, again on Daf Chav Zayin, we end up in a situation where you have, at least as presented in the Mishnah, you have Reuven, Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda. Let's call them four brothers. Reuven and Shimon are married to two sisters. We'll call them Rachel and Leah, as we're going to soon meet uh, Rachel and Leah in these parshios, as I'm recording this before Parshas told us, so we're getting close. And unfortunately, what happens is Reuven and Shimon pass away, and they pass away without children. So now you have Rachel and Leah falling to Levi and Yehuda. But we have a problem. The problem here is that we have a Zika between each one, but you also have the sister of the Zika, which is prohibited. But this is not an Isidoresa, like a typical Arayas case. And therefore, chalitza is required. And then you have different variations of this, and the Gemara has gone through and continues with talking about different levels of the strength. Now, we pointed out earlier in the Masechta that in almost every situation today, we do not allow a yibum to take place. Forget about the two-sister-four-brother situation. Remember we spoke about it, the motivations behind it, and the view of Abba Shol that the Ramah Paskins like, that we won't allow a Yibam. It could be you could come up with a, a rare situation where you, you, you check the motivations and Yibam would be allowed. So we're basically always going to Chalitza. Here's another application we're going to Chalitza, but this is Meikar Adin, that you're going to Chalitza as opposed to Abba Shol who adds it on. But what I want to stress is something, I don't know if we've stated this before, even B'zman there's ramifications of a chalitza, and the ramification is not just that the, the woman who had the chalitza is not going to marry the brother-in-law. I mean, that's a positive thing, I guess, at the end of the day, but there's a, I don't know if we want to call it negative, but it's a halachic application. And this I want to bring you to the Rambam Hilchasi Surabiya Perik Yudzayan Halachazayan. Hachalutza Asura Lakohin. 
a chalutza is usher to a kohen. Now, it's not going to be usher to a kohen on a Torah level. The language that's used by the Rambam is medivrei sofrim. We loosely translate medivrei sofrim as derabanan, but it needs to be analyzed. It's maybe somewhere in between. Many, many years ago, I did a, a paper on the whole category of divrei sofrim, but let's call it derabanan. Why? The Rambam says straight out, So you see Chalutza is being matched up with a Grusha, and uh, this woman is not allowed to marry a Kohen. We're not talking about a Kohen Gadol, a Stam Kohen in our day today. So there's a, I don't call it a tragedy associated with it, this is the Halacha, even if it, it may be emotionally tragic, but at the end we surrender to the Halacha, and a person who does so if there was a best, then would end up getting Marcus Mardus. It's brought down Lahalacha, Shulchanarch, Evan Ezer, Hilchus Piri of Rivia, Simon Vav, Sif Aleph, Koin, Asr Matara, Begrusha, Zona, Chalola, Vaasr, Bechalutza, Midrabanan. So all of this, you should know, as we pointed out last time, you know, Masadic Kedushin has a lot on his plate, a lot of different questions that have to be asked. This is a much, this is not a, common situation, but on the forms of a Masadic Kedushin, it's a form that I have. It's not like I inherited the form, I put it together, and many other Rabbanim as well. We do ask the question about whether there was a Chalitza, was the woman involved in a Chalitza. And you trust her, right? We don't assume, as my postman have told me, that she's lying, she's, she's believed. I haven't yet had a situation like that but I want to point this out. There is a difference between a grusha and a chalutza if there's a suffix, but I'm not going to discuss that now. It's in Perakid Zion, Halacha Zion. I want to introduce the next part of the shir with the Rambam, and let's listen carefully to Shulchan Aruch, both based on our Gemara, mostly from Chav Zion Amid Beis, but it connects to Chav Zion Amid Aleph. We have a teaching in the Gemara of Rav, and this is going to come up later on in the Masechta. In, we're on Chav Zayin, so it's going to come up again in three blot and Daf Lamed. Here's the situation. Ruvain and Shimon are married to... Ruvain's married to Rachel, Shimon is married to Leah and their sisters. Rachel and Leah are sisters, two brothers married two sisters. If, God forbid, Shimon dies with no children, right now, Ruvain should technically do Yibam on Leah, but he can't because he's married to Leah's sister, Rachel. And you're not allowed to be married to two sisters simultaneously. Forget about in the Torah, Rachel and Leah, we're talking about after Sinai. We discussed this in the past. And therefore, we have a rule that even if his wife is going to die, which means Ruvain's wife, Rachel, is going to die, Yibum can take place after that. Even though now there's no Isser, because both sisters are no longer alive, and from a pure marriage side, you could go ahead and marry your sister-in-law. But from the Yibum side, Kol Isha She'ina Nikari Baba Yavama Yavo Aleha, as long as the Yibam wasn't a possibility at the moment of the brother's death, 
It's incredible. It's as if they're out of the parsha. Now, when the Rambam brings this halacha down, Hilchas Yibam Vichalitza Zayin Dalit, Perik Zayin Halacha Dalit, he more or less restates from the Gemara, Shaharei Lo Haisa Ruya Liyibam Bishast Nefilasa. You could walk away with the impression that it's any situation where a marriage wouldn't be possible between the, where a Yibam wouldn't be possible for whatever reason. Now, it's interesting that when the Shulchan Arch brings this down, Lahalach, or Shulchan Arch, Evna Ezer, Hilchus Chalitz of Yibam Simon Kufayin Hei, Sefalif, he gives you a qualifier where he's more rigid. I'm not criticizing the Rambam because I think there's an Afgamina. Yavama She'ina Ru'yilis Yabim Bishas Nafila Mishum Issa Erva. He says it's not just that you can have Yibam, it's specifically our case, or a case like that with his initial erva. Why am I spending so much time on this? Because let me give you another situation. And this is going to be my setup for a question. It's the very first simon of the Chacham Tzvi. Ruvain, let's take a regular Yibam situation. Ruvain is married to Sarah. And Ruvain passes away. Sarah now is available to Shimon right, to Ruvain's brother. But there's a problem. At this moment right now of the death, what happens? Shimon is an Onain. An Onain's not allowed to be involved in doing any mitzvahs. Sarah is also an Aninus for the loss of the husband. Both of them right now are totally outside the parsha of mitzvahs. So is it ever possible that we could have a yibum take place? You can't even say chalitza, because chalitza is not going to be relevant unless yibum is relevant. Now, this may sound like a klutz kasha, but if you go into the Rambam and really into the Gemara, it says, V'lo misyat v'emes shaharei lo haisa so what I want to do is explain a little bit. We're going to now move back to Moe Katan that some of us learned before and to try to get a sense through some of these halachas of Aninos what we're trying to accomplish with Yibam and how obviously the question is going to be rejected and it's going to be limited to a situation like we have here in our Gemara. And that's probably what led the Shulchan Aruch to say Mishum Issa Erva. Now on the surface, you may think that this question of the Chacham Tzvi shouldn't even get off the ground. If you remember, we learned back on Daf uh, Lama Gimel. It actually came up on a few plot, Lama Gimel, Lama Dalet, and Lama Hey. And it's going to be a Mishnah on Daf Mem Aleph, which we'll deal with uh, later, God willing, that a Yibam slash chalitza never takes place upon the death of the brother. When I say upon the death, there's a period called tafchana. There has to be a three-month waiting period. There's a question, first of all, maybe the woman is pregnant, she's not aware of it yet, then Yibam's not going to be relevant. You'd run into a problem then of marrying uh, one of the arayos. And in general, 
when it comes to the changing of status, as we'll discuss, you wait three months. But that, again, is not the derisa. That's not a derisa. That's put in as a special protection. Even when we do a geras, and we'll discuss, uh, perhaps we'll get to this later on, of times where the three-month period could technically be shortened. But the question that the Chacham Tzvi brings up, it's actually his very first uh, tshuva, is going back to our Gemara, if at the Zman Nafila, if at the time of passing, there's Aninos, so then there's not a possibility for Yibam to take place, so then Yibam should never be able to take place. Looking back at the formulation of the Shulchan Aruch and our Gemara, you could say it's a klutzkash, Shachaster Shalom, but through this question, which is a legitimate question, especially in the reading of the Rambam, we'll come to a better understanding, not just of the halachas of Aninus, but of what we're trying to accomplish as far as the Tameha mitzvos when it comes to Yibam. I don't usually uh, quote things from the Chacham Tzvi. I'm just not so familiar with his Torah. But this whole issue, I saw it brought down in a Sefer, fascinating uh, Sefer, a collection of issues. I should be looking at it more called Daf al-Daf. It goes by, I don't know if it has every Daf in Shas, but it, it has at least on Masechus Yuvamas and on many other Masechus, raises uh, unique types of questions. It's a contemporary Sefer. So he quotes here this whole issue from the Chacham Tzvi. You know, the Chacham Tzvi, when you hear the term Chacham, it's the way that the Sephardim referred to a Rav. The Chacham Tzvi was not a Sephardi. He was born in what we would call Germany today, in the 17th century, and that's where he learned. But he went to Salonika, and he becomes a Rav in a Sephardi community and accepts this title, or at least this is the title that he was given. Very, very important uh, posseg, Rav Hirsch Ben Yaakov Ashkenazi. And I'm going to present two solutions that are found. I saw these quoted again in the Sefer, Daf al Daf. I was able to find them inside, and what we're trying to accomplish with Yibum will be able to answer this question. Now, I want to just give a very, very brief summary of something that we learned back in Moe Katan. It's going to match up very beautifully without quoting all the Makoros. We know that after someone suffers the loss of a loved one, so they're in a status of Aninos, if it's one of their immediate relatives, there are two basic driving forces behind Aninos. It's a machlokas, but th- these two views aren't necessarily mutually exclusive la One is you're supposed to be engaged in doing what's necessary for the mace during this time. That's why on Shabbos, for example, you're not really in Aninos because there's nothing that you could do at that time. You would even say Kaddish for a loved one before the burial. And the second aspect, it's a kavod issue, is that if you'd be involved in other mitzvot or even in other activities, it could appear on the surface that it's not kavod. You're preoccupied with your own life and you're ignoring the uh, mace. How Shabbos fits into that is, is a bigger discussion. It possibly could be a nafkamina between the two views. But in answering this question of how could you ever have yibum chalitza, you ne- you're not allowed to do a mitzvah during the period of Aninos, so it should never be relevant. So he brings two approaches. One is 
something from the, the great uh, Gera Rebbe, the Imre Emes, and he has this in a letter to Rebbe Nachum Zemba, who was one of the great Gedolim before the war, and we have this written down in a uh, Sefer. I'm happy to share it with you, that the whole reason why an Onain is putter from the mitzvahs of the Torah is Kadeshi Yistatev Bezeb Nefesh Krovo Hames is that you should be involved in the, in, in helping the uh, partnering and what you could do. He calls it the nefesh of the Kravah Mace. It's obviously the guf, but with the nefesh is aware, especially at the time before burial. So therefore, you're putter for mitzvahs. But it doesn't make you a free person. Obviously, low days you can't violate. And he says the whole reason that you're putter for mitzvahs is because of the tovas nishmas hames. But imkain mitzvah yibam shani, yibam is different than any other mitzvah. Because even though you're not doing it right now, because I pointed out the technical issue of three months, but technically, if you would be doing yibam, it would be because of the kavod to the nefesh hames. So it's not mutually exclusive from what you should be involved in. That's position number one. Then he quotes this from a second sefer, Artzion, it's very similar approach. This is from a contemporary, Benzion Bloom. We have the safer available as well. Um, and he settles this by saying the second purpose of being uh, Yavam is the second purpose of, of, of the Anino status is because of Kavo to the Mace. So this, the, what's a greater Kavo on Mace than being involved in the mitzvah of Yibam? It's, it's the same answer to both but it's coming from a different perspective. The one as far as what you should be osake with, what you should be involved with, you should only be involved in things that are preparing the neshama for the, the burial, and the second is as far as giving honor to the one who has passed. Yibum does not undermine any of this. In fact, it goes back to what we discussed in the beginning. It actually accomplishes the kavod of the ach by keeping the name, if not literally the name, and as we discussed in the past, uh, the, the memory of the brother alive. I want to just give a, a third suggestion. This is my own, but I think it's anchored in Tosfos. If you remember back in the very beginning, if you're learning with Gemara Rashi and Tosfos, Tosfos and Daf Beis Ahmed Aleph raised this whole Nefila issue. And he said the whole time, the whole reason behind why you wouldn't allow a yibum to take place if at the Zman Nefila there is an Isser, such as in our situation over here with the two sisters, it, because it's not Derachar Dachay Noam. It's not the way you behave. You were married to, to uh, you do, you're living with one sister, and then you're going to bring in the other sister into the family. It's just not the right thing to do, aside from the, the Isurim. And then to have immediately upon death, you go ahead, and then you do yibam on the other sister. So in our situation, in the classic yibam situation, you, you're not having this problem. So it would be very much restricted to this two-sister type of case. Have a great week of learning. I know we dealt with a lot of technical issues, but hopefully we try to present it. And we even got today back to some of the Tameha mitzvos behind yibam.